Wonderful. Okay, as um, Pete mentioned, we're going to be starting our, our new series uh, today. We've got the graphic up there. We call it Devotion, uh, Means of Grace. We're going to be based in Acts chapter 2. Uh, just a few verses in there. We're going to spend a number of weeks uh, working our way through these verses and exploring these verses together. So if you've got a Bible with you, uh, if you want to turn to Acts chapter 2, we'll get reading in there in just a second. But while you're finding your way there, as Pete's already mentioned, Stepping Stones, so our children... Uh, they're out there at the minute and they are um, kind of exploring Pentecost together. Wonderful thing for them to be able to be learning about uh, and discovering together. And we see actually Pentecost we read of in Acts chapter 2. So in Acts chapter 1 we have Jesus, the, the risen Jesus, just as he's about to return to the Father. He's promising the Holy Spirit to his people. He said, it's better that I go, therefore the Holy Spirit can come. Uh, and then in Acts chapter 2, we, hear of, we read of how the, all the believers were together and they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And then the Holy Spirit is poured out upon them. And at Pentecost, we see God's people filled with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And what God is doing is God is building a new community. And this community is one that relates to one another and to their neighbours and their communities as an outworking of the grace that they have received and experienced. It could be termed something like gospel culture, where what they understood and knew of the grace of God is then worked out in their relationships with one another, but also with their neighbours and with the community around them. And eventually we'll see extending to the ends of the earth and to the nations as well. And so, say, Pentecost comes, God's people are filled with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, and we see the Spirit-filled church emerging. And we're going to spend some time in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, where Luke describes to us actually what did this, early, what did this emerging church look like as it was being established. What were the things that they gave themselves to? What does a Spirit-filled church look like? So let's read, uh, and then we're going to spend some time... I'm going to just explain a little bit more about the series that we're doing, and then we're going to focus on one thing in particular, but I'll explain as we get there. So, um, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. So it's about the fellowship of the believers. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now for us, here today. We're kind of going through a season, aren't we, of, of regathering again. We have been over the last few weeks, the last few months, where we haven't been able to meet in the same way because of coronavirus and uh, restrictions and lockdown and all of those sorts of things that we've had to navigate and work through over the last 18 months or so. But we're in a, in a season now, aren't we, where we're kind of re-emerging, if you like, and learning what it is again to, to gather together again and being able to meet together in ways that we haven't been able to do. And with that in mind, and kind of thinking about, okay, so what do we want to spend our time exploring together, digging into together? We felt that actually this is a really good time, a perfect opportunity to ask, what's church really meant to be like? 
Or, we can put it this way, what's the spirit-filled church really meant to be like? And over the next five weeks, which is how long this series is going to be, we're going to spend time in these verses looking at the church that is emerging and being established out of Pentecost, out of the Spirit coming. And we're going to spend some time just thinking on these things and thinking, okay, what are the things that we are meant to be giving ourselves to? What are the things that the church is meant to be doing and giving themselves to? And the main thing that we see is this. Right at the outset in verse 42... One of the main characteristics, if you like, of these believers together as the church is that they were a church that was devoted. They were a church that was devoted. Now, last weekend I went, I was in London, I was watching an American football team, which happens to be the football team that I support, the Miami Dolphins, uh, and they were playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, or Jaguars, I should say, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, Miami Dolphins, uh, and Really excited to be able to go and see them. Not very often that I get to see, uh, see this team playing. We're not having a very good season, in all honesty, but we were playing a team that had lost 20 games in a row, so I was feeling pretty positive uh, about what might happen. Uh, but tell, oh, this team took me on an emotional roller coaster of the course of two and a half or three hours, or however long the game took. Uh, and it went right down to the, literally to the final second. I'd had moments where I was, I'd put my hood up so I could just shield out everyone else. I was like, I can't cope with what's going on. The scores were tied 20 to 20. Literally, I'm not exaggerating, it was one second left on the clock. And with the last kick of the game, the other team won. And in that moment, I was questioning just how devoted am I, really, to this football team? I was questioning it. I was like, is it worth going through all of this that I feel that I'm going through? And I know that's maybe a bit of a, uh, an example that some of you are like, I really don't understand where you're coming from in that one. But for me, it did get me questioning because we're all devoted to different things, aren't we? And I want to ask the question, what are you devoted to? You might be devoted to your family. You could be devoted to your work. You could be devoted to a hobby. You could be devoted to a particular organisation and all of these things can be good things, absolutely. But we need to understand really what we mean by this word devoted. If you were to look online at a dictionary definition, it would say something like to be, to be devoted is to be extremely loving or loyal. We could use words like committed or faithful or dedicated, like I am to the Miami Dolphins, even though they put me through so much pain. But Actually, if we go back to what the, the word that Luke is using, when we go back to the original Greek, Phil Moore uh, helps us in this in, in, in one of his books that I was reading at this time. He says that actually the word, the Greek word that is used here for devoted means to stick yourself to something or to glue yourself to something. So it's not a fleeting thing that can kind of come or go. It's about a decision that we make to stick ourselves or to glue ourselves to something. It doesn't happen by accident. So this is a church that we're reading about. This is a church that devoted themselves to certain things. They were sticking themselves to certain things, gluing themselves to certain things. And we see, uh, as is revealed to us, as we, as we read through those verses, we see that they were devoted to, or they were glued to, the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And these are the things that we're going to spend some time looking at week by week over the next few weeks and we're also going to you might say well that's four things and we're doing five weeks we're also going to spend some time thinking about what it looked like when they were making sure that every need was met among them as well we want to spend some time thinking about that 
And so it's why we've called it devotion, because we're thinking, okay, what does it look like then to be devoted to these things that the early church, the emerging church, were devoted themselves to, that they were gluing themselves to? Now in the title as well, you'll see that underneath is a little bit of a tagline. We've put means of grace. Now when we're talking about means of grace, we're talking about spiritual, it can be defined like this, as spiritual instruments that have been given by God with which the Christian life is nurtured. So they're things that God has given to the church, that God has given to us as believers, uh, that help us, or, or um, yet yeah, uh, they, they help us and nurture us and grow us in our Christian life. And even within this section in Acts, we see revealed to us what might be known as ordinary means of grace, could be referred to as the ordinary means of grace. We're talking about the word of God, we're talking about prayer, we're talking about the breaking of bread, Baptism would be another one as well. These are means of grace, ways in which we experience and receive God's grace and are refreshed by God's grace. And as we do so, we are nurtured in our spiritual lives and we grow through these things. These aren't meant to be peripheral things that we might kind of tap in and out of from time to time. If you like, these are God's gifts to his people. These are God's gifts to the church by which we experience and receive grace and we grow and we are nurtured. They grow us in grace. And as we look at the life of the early church, as we look at what it looked like as they devoted themselves to these gifts of grace that God had given to them, we see that the result of it is that God brings growth. Growth happens. Nurturing happens. Strengthening happens. And so what we want to do when we're thinking, okay, so what is the church really meant to, meant to be like we, we want to look, don't we, at what the church has been like throughout history and see actually what are the things that they've devoted themselves to that have brought growth and have brought life that God has used to, yeah, to, to bring growth. We'll see that growth comes for us individually as we grow in Christ-likeness, as we become more and more like Jesus, as we mature in our Christian walk and in our Christian faith. We'll see that these means of grace enable us to grow together in oneness, in unity. We'll look at that a little bit more when we think about fellowship next week and God's heart for us as a people together. But we also see that actually God brings growth in terms of disciples being made and added to the church. We read that in verse 47. It says that the Lord was adding daily to their number. So growth comes and Pete's already mentioned we've got our prayer meeting happening on Thursday I really would love for you to come and join us we're going to be praying around a focus of, of growth asking God to come and grow us individually asking for God to come and grow us as a church asking for God to come and grow uh, see growth in terms of disciples being made in our town and in our communities as well so I'd love for you to come and be a part of that as we seek God as we say God this is what we have to offer will you take it and will you use it and to see growth happening in, in, in our town and in our communities as well? And really it's all kind of, just as we've been preparing for, for this series and, and even as I've been, been preparing for this morning again uh, and kind of in line of, of preparing the prayer meeting, it's all just really dovetailed together in a sense of actually, yeah, we really want to be seeking God, don't we, for growth. We want to be seeking God for fruitfulness uh, and healthy growth to be taking place here. And what, we'll see, what we want is we want to see an outworking 
of these means of grace. So we want to see an outworking of these gifts that God has given. We want to see them in our own lives, individually, in our own, in our own discipleship, if you like, our own daily devotions and those sorts of things. But this is a corporate devotion. This isn't about individual devotion. This is about God's people together, something that the body of Christ does together. And I don't, you can't really escape from that, I don't think, as, you, as we spend some time looking through these verses, uh, we'll see within there, this was a corporate thing. This was a God's people together thing. We'll see in verse uh, 42, it says that they devoted to themselves. Uh, and it says that in verse 44, all who believed were together. It wasn't about in isolation. They were together. They had all things in common. They were selling their possessions Day by day, they were attending the temple together. They were breaking bread in their homes. So we see that this is very much worked out with one another, within a sense of fellowship, within a sense of belonging to the body of Christ, within a sense of belonging to the church. And I think this is really important for us, particularly at a time where we are coming out of periods of isolation and social distancing, because it's going to challenge us in different ways. Because we've all changed to, to varying degrees over the last 18 months, the last two years. And actually we need to spend some time almost reorienting ourselves to be like, actually this is something that is worked out in community. I can't do this by myself. And actually it can be tricky when we've had enforced periods of isolation and social distancing to, again, to kind of reorient our thinking. And for some it's going to mean actually we've got hurdles to kind of it's going to mean kind of overcoming some hurdles here in the way that we now think and the way that we now approach life. But actually by God's grace and actually being patient with one another and serving one another, we'll be able to keep pressing on, won't we, into the things that God has for us as we work it out together. And these things, when we're talking about these priorities that they were devoted to, they're, they're priorities not just for the leaders, but they're priorities for all believers. Okay, so it's not just that the leaders of the church should be devoted to the word and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Actually, it's something that all of us as believers should be devoted to. Not just saying, well, actually, we'll leave it up to the ones or twos or the, 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 the leaders within our church. Actually, this is something for all believers. And again, within the sense of togetherness, we see in verse 46, it says that they, uh, they gathered together in the, in the temple. So it's those big corporate meetings, like would be essentially our, our Sunday morning together, where there's a chance for the whole church to come together and to worship together and to be devoted to these things together, but also in each other's homes. And we do that as well, don't we, with our growth groups, with our small groups that mean and actually it's a great opportunity for me just to pick up on what Ian shared last week that actually we've got a sense that maybe there's a, a need for a, a daytime growth group to be set up and to be running because we realize the importance of having that relational context to be able to meet and to spend time together because these are places where these things we're called to be devoted to are worked out aren't they and so what we want is for everyone to have an opportunity to be attached to and, and, and really um, engaged in and knitted into a, a growth group. And that might mean for some that we need to make one available in the day because evenings don't work for you. So just again, kind of picking up on what Ian shared last week, if a daytime growth group would work for you uh, and you think actually, yeah, that would be something that I think would be really good for me, um, please do speak with Ian. I know they're actually away on holiday this week, but 
you can come and speak to me or Mike or Pete at any time uh, and we'd love to have that conversation with you just to see how that might look uh, even just to gauge interest in that but again recognizing that need that there's the times for the whole church gathered but there's also that time to be gathered in smaller groups in one another's homes as well as we devote ourselves to these things and so just going to spend just a little bit of time now so kind of setting the context of this series and what we're looking to do over these few weeks I want to spend a little bit of time just thinking about this first thing that the church is devoted to and it is the apostles teaching what does it mean to be devoted to the apostles teaching now in our last series uh, we were working through Ephesians and in Ephesians 2 verse 20 So we've already kind of spent a little bit of time thinking about this over recent months. Ephesians 2.20 says that we are members of the household of God that is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So there's something about the church being built together that is built upon the foundation that is laid by the apostles and the prophets, but obviously with Christ as the cornerstone that holds all things together. So, recognising the importance of the foundations that have to be laid. So, we've got the apostles and the prophets, and it's upon that that the church is built. Okay? So, we see that the apostles' teaching and the role of the apostles is is fundamentally important to the life of the church. But the church we read about in Acts, they didn't have the Gospels written down like we do today. They didn't have the letters written by the apostles at that time. They had the apostles with them. At this point, they didn't have Paul. That was kind of further down the line. But they had some of the other apostles with them at that time. And so we're thinking, okay then, so what did the apostles' teaching look like then for this church that we're reading about in Acts? Well, we see in what comes before it on the day of Pentecost, Peter stands up and he preaches to those that were there. And what does he do? He takes them back to the prophet Joel and he takes them back to the Psalms and he points out all of the ways in which the, the, the promises of God have found, throughout the history of his people have found their fulfillment in Jesus. And so the apostles' teaching in, in that extent for, for Peter and for the others would have been actually we're, uh, we're, um, is based on, sorry, within the, the Old Testament, within the prophets and within the law and within all of those things that have come before. Not only that, in Psalm verse 1, it says this, it says that blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So the right this outset of Psalms is this, this encouragement actually that there is blessing that comes from being rooted in the word of God as we meditate on the word of God it bears fruit in our lives and so for the apostles that's what they were doing they were taking people uh, back into what had already been written but then they were also preaching about Christ crucified and resurrected about eternal life that is found in him of how all of these promises that had come throughout their history find their fulfillment in him But for us today in 2021, we have the Gospels and we have the Apostles' teaching recorded and preserved for us in the New Testament. And I think, at least for me, I can sometimes uh, overlook actually what a great privilege we have that even in our nation we're able to have 
in our homes and in our bags and in our hands, we're able to have the Word of God. And so we want to devote ourselves to the Word. We want to devote ourselves to the teaching of the apostles. And yes, that works its way out in our daily discipleship and in our own times of reading the scriptures on our own and asking the Spirit to come and and help us to understand on our own. But as we're thinking, remember, we're thinking about what does this look like as the church gathered? A key priority for the church is to spend time learning from the Bible together. And you might think maybe that seems like an obvious thing to say, but I don't think it really is. Actually, we need to be recognising that the key priority for the church is to spend time learning from the Bible together. I found Sam Albury really helpful on this. In his book, Why Bother with Church, it's a little book that actually we've based a series on before a number of years ago. It's so helpful. And in this, he speaks about actually, what does this look like within our churches then? To be spending time learning from the Bible together. Yes, part of it is when someone comes and preaches from the scriptures but he says our preaching needs to be based on the bible but also our songs and our hymns and our prayers need to reflect it there should be this consistency if you like throughout everything that we do that is shaped by the scriptures that reflects the word of god and so again we spend time learning together not just through the preaching but also through our songs and hymns And through prayers that are prayed as well. That's ways in which we can devote ourselves to the word. As well, a really helpful distinction that we need to make and we need to recognise. Is that what Luke writes in Acts? He doesn't write that the apostles were devoted to teaching. He writes that the Christians were devoted to listening. That's a really important distinction for us to make. I'm going to say it again. It's not that the apostles were devoted to teaching, although they were. What he actually says is that the Christians were devoted to listening. And that should make each one of us think, okay, when we come together as the church, are we just relying on the person who is preaching to be devoted to preaching? Or are we devoting ourselves to listening? Because we can be passive when it comes to the word of God. We can almost just sit there and just let things wash over us. I don't mean this in a, in a demeaning way at all. I'm just saying the reality is I know I can do it myself. We can sit and almost just, I'll just let it wash over me and maybe I'll pick one or two things out. Or are we being deliberate in, in our intentionality of listening actively and giving ourselves actively to the word of God? We're not to be passive, which means we come prepared, which means we come expectant. And then when we go, it means we go and we consider and we discuss and we think about what we've heard. We're not here to be entertained. At least I'm not here to be entertained. I'm here because I want to grow. I'm here because I want to become more like Jesus. I'm here because I want to grow in unity with brothers and sisters here. I'm here because I want to see people getting saved and added to the church. I'm not here for entertainment. But then that means that my mindset has to be very different when I come. And I, I, don't mean, I really don't mean this to come across as a heavy-handed thing. I just think it's a really helpful, for me at least when I, was, when I was preparing for this and reading this through, it's just a really helpful, actually, I really need to think, what am I giving myself to? How am I coming? Am I preparing myself 
Or am I just, every, we all have mornings, don't we, where we kind of just rush in and everything just kind of like, oh, it's just, the fact that I'm here can be a bit of a miracle sometimes. But actually, we want to be those who come prepared. We want to be those who come expectant. And we want to be those who come ready. Because we want to bear good fruit in our lives, don't we? We want the Spirit to bear good fruit in us. Oftentimes when someone comes up to, to preach, most times when someone comes up to preach, we pray for them beforehand, don't we? And I feel like maybe I've become a little predictable now in the things that I pray, because I'll often pray for the person who is preaching, but then I want to pray for us as well as those who are listening. But you know what, I don't mind if I've become a little bit predictable in that, because I think it's important for us to pray for the person who is preaching, but also for ourselves as we come to listen and as we come to receive. But may I encourage you, pray for those who are preaching as they prepare throughout the week. As they come to serve us, whether on a Sunday or at a different, whatever meeting, or within your growth group, if you know that someone's been preparing stuff through the word for you to be discovering and working through together, pray for those people. Pray for them, that the Holy Spirit would help them in their preparation, that they would meet with God in that time, that as they come to bless us, that they themselves would be blessed. Let's be praying for them. But then let's also pray for ourselves as we hear the word, that it would take root in our hearts and in our minds, that it would bear good fruit. Let's pray that we won't get distracted as we come. I know we'll all get distracted at times, but let's pray for the Holy Spirit to help us to listen and to hear and to take hold of the truth. So let's be devoted to the apostles' teaching. As the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, a means of grace. Let's do that ourselves, shall we? Let's devote ourselves to the Word. Now I'm excited about exploring these verses together some more over the next few weeks. I think there's going to be some really good stuff that's going to come through. Again, for me, even in my time of preparation, just that really helpful reorienting, uh, recognising things that I'd not been aware of before or maybe rediscovering things that have maybe grown a little bit dim in my thinking beforehand. I'm really excited about what God is going to do in us over the next few weeks as we ask Holy Spirit to come in and help us as we learn, as we consider, as we discuss these things together. I just want to finish with this. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, I want to speak this truth over us. It says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? That is who we are as God's people. That is who we are as we gather together as the community church. We are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in each one of us. So as we gather together, his spirit dwells within us. Let's be devoted to the gifts that God has given us to grow in all of the ways that he has called us to grow, to grow in the plans that he has for us as we trust that as we, as the Holy Spirit works within us and as we partner with God, that God will bring growth for us individually, for us as a church, but that we will see growth coming in our community and in our neighbourhoods as well as people come to put their trust 
and faith in Jesus and as disciples are made. Amen.